Have you ever been asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Gwen gets to work. I like talking to people and they like talking back to me. Well, that's what I think. One day I asked my mum, what, how do I know what I want to be when I grow up? My mum said, if I interview people about like their jobs and things like that, well, I will find out and like the people, all the people who who are listening, um, you will find out too if you don't know. Let's get to work. Hello, everyone. Today I'll be interviewing a lady called Sarah. I met her because I have a dog called Cleo and she has a dog called Frank. They're both sausage dogs. She lives around the corner from us. So we go on daily dog walks. And they're official best friends. <laughs> highlight. <Yep. laughs> so, hello. First of all, what is your job? I am a coordinator at a fine art logistics company. So we move artworks for museums and galleries and private collectors who own an art collection. What was your most like recent, you know, like move thing? <laughs> what did I do most recently? I worked on an exhibition that was leaving the Tate and it was going to go back to some lenders around the UK and some in America. And I worked on the rest of it, moving to a new venue, because the exhibition is touring, to the towner in Eastbourne, <laughs> where Barbara Hepworth Art and Life is going to be shown for the next few months. Was that, like, what's the biggest, like, thing you've done? The biggest thing would probably be Kew Gardens in London had a Chihuly exhibition on. And Chihuly is an artist who works in glass and he's based in Seattle and he's really cool. Been making glass for years, but he doesn't just make one glass sculpture. All of his sculptures are made from lots and lots of bits of glass. So we had to ship all of the bits of glass from America to Kew Gardens. And then we had several weeks to install it. But it's huge. Hundreds and hundreds of bits of glass. And when it was leaving, it was the same week that Q had their Winter Lights Festival. So there was us trying to get all these bits of glass out. And then there was a whole other team trying to get all of this audio equipment in and everything like that into Q to completely transform it. So it looked great for Christmas. And it was crazy, but it was amazing. I loved it. How did you ship it? <laughs> We shipped it on cargo ships, just like the ones that travel around the world all the time. We don't use anything special. It was just packed in a really special way to protect it. It was late because cargo ships quite often <laughs> are late. And it took us ages to handle all the boxes because they had to come off the ship in their containers, come to us, come out the containers. It was a really long process. Better than the best things I've ever worked on. So have you done it for like a long time? I've done it for over 10 years now. I got into it kind of by accident and I thought I'd do it for like a year or so and see if I liked it and it turned out I loved it so <laughs> I stayed. What was like the first thing you did then? I was at university doing an art history degree 
and I was working with the curator, opening post and helping her with her emails, really kind of dull stuff, really. But <laughs> she was great, always has been. And she went on holiday. And her, like, number two, her main person she relied on was yeah. off sick. And she put her trust in me. Can I trust you? Can I trust you? Answer me. Can I trust you? You can trust me. And <laughs> she was like, this project needs to happen. You know, you can do it. Yeah. She gave me the phone number of some really incredible people. And I got to work on it. And I was just hooked from then on. That's good. Who were those people then? Oh, gosh, it's a really long time ago now. <laughs> but I actually remember them all. So the artist was an artist called Lindsay Sears. She's incredible. She does these immersive experiences and she constructs an environment. So there's yeah. film, there's video, there's everything. So she was the artist and we were imagining and constructing one of her environments. <laughs> and it meant we had to find some massive bits of cardboard. Very strange. But the number that was given to me was a gentleman called Michael. And I still keep in touch with him. He ran the art transport company. So he was doing what my job is now. And he was the person that I was told, you know, if you've got any questions or you need anything, you need any help, you just call him. And I did. He was a really good mentor for me to start my career. When I graduated, <laughs> we'd kept in touch and he gave me my first job. So was that really stressful because you were by yourself? Absolutely was. I think that was the... That was what I liked the idea of in his job. So I'd call him every couple of days yeah. being like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm <laughs> terrified. What do I do? And he took the time to talk to me on the phone and reassure me and tell me how he was sorting it all. And that's now what I do to clients. A lot of them are much better informed than I was. But I get to be that person that helps them through something they don't understand. And I really love that about my job. Good. Who is your favourite client? Oh, this is controversial. <laughs> so we work with some huge clients and they know exactly what they're doing <laughs> and they send me an email with loads of instructions and I just follow it and everything goes fine. Yeah. My favourite clients are the ones who aren't quite sure and they come to us and say, we've got this, but we don't quite know how to deal with it. Can you help? And that means that what I get to do is way more interesting. I actually get to get involved. Good. Speaking of museums, what's your favourite museum? On the way over here, I was like, I wonder if she'll ask me what my favourite artist is. I didn't wonder about what my favourite museum is. <laughs> can I have two? If yeah, they're of really course different? you can. Okay. I'm going to say the Met in New York. And I know that's really obvious because it's amazing world famous. When I go to the Met, I feel like I'm home. You can learn about your past, your parents' past, your grandparents' past. I go to the Met to meet myself again. It offers me a place of endless inspiration. I come here to fall in love with New York again. I go. I go. Go to the Met. It's <laughs> okay. But it was one of the ones that I've wanted to go to for absolutely years. <clears throat> and I really remember vividly, like, saving up money to go to the States, going to the Met for the day, and just being completely lost in the variety that it had. 
So it has a tiny hippo in the Egyptian section, which I love. It has an amazing <laughs> Japanese collection. It, it spans everything that I find fascinating. So the Met is very definitely like right at the top. And then like a tiny, tiny little niche museum. There's a clock museum in Utrecht that I didn't know anything about. We were just walking by the canal and we saw it and thought, oh, that'd be interesting. It was <laughs> fascinating and it was great. So, yeah, I like the, the quirky little ones <laughs> as well. What did you have to study at, you know, like university? And so I studied history of art because I did a foundation degree. I really like the idea of painting and mm-hmm. making my own jewellery. But I didn't have the guts to do it. And <laughs> I thought that doing history of art would be a more sensible yeah. choice. <laughs> so, like, did you ever make any pieces of art that you really liked? I've... That's Frank downstairs. I've got some pieces of art that I made that I love. A screen print of some mountains that I'm really proud of. I did that quite recently. You know what, I've got things that I made when I was doing my art foundation that were quirky and ridiculous, but I've still got... I've always loved making art, but never just painting. Like, all the craft (laughs) stuff as well. Yeah. I'm an only child and very happy in my own company when I was younger. Yeah. And I would sit and make art for hours. So, yeah, I've always been creative and I like it. Would you ever do any art stuff again or would you, like, dread doing it before? Otherwise, you would bring on the whole thing or... (laughs) Uh, When we lived in London, before we moved round the corner from here, I made ceramics and that was amazing. I was a member of a pottery studio and it was great to sit and do my day job at my computer emailing lots of people just sitting at my desk and getting to leave and go and create something was the best feeling ever and I made some great friends doing it and there's a fabulous community I really miss it so I think my thing that I would like to go back to is doing ceramics again (laughs) hopefully sometime Right now we're trying to renovate our house, so yeah. my making things has turned into making practical things <laughs> rather than beautiful things. It's just a bit of practicality yeah. right now. Okay, good. So if you had like any other job that you could choose, what would you be? Oh my gosh, I would love to be better at languages. And so it would probably be a job relating to food and languages. So (laughs) something international, trying out different foods, talking to people in different countries, something in that kind of world. (laughs) I would love if life were a little bit different. Is it normally overwhelming to a job when you have different clients and then they want all these different things? I was talking to the newest member of my team the other day. And I was asking her if she liked being in my team and what she was finding interesting and what she was finding, you know, exciting and she wanted to do more of and what she was finding tough and stressful. And she really hit the nail on the head where she was just like, it's not just doing the job, it's balancing so many different things in my head. And that is really stressful, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me a really long time to get to a place where I can find a good balance between work and my life. So I got to a point where I didn't find a good balance and I was just completely overwhelmed with work. 
but I was quite junior in my career and I didn't yes. see it coming and it snuck up on me really easily. And it was horrible. Everything about it was. But it taught me a really important lesson and that was asking for help when I needed it. Yeah. And being honest with my boss and saying when I can take more on and when I can't. And talking to my colleagues and my peers. Mm-hmm. Like, they can be enormously helpful, but if you don't go to them when you've got a problem, they won't know they can help you. Stop humming that song! I can hum if I want to. I know you can. I'm asking you to stop. Well, if you're asking, then I'll stop. Thank you. Could you not smile like that? Now you're asking me to mask my emotions because of how it makes you feel? That I will not do. Seriously. Stop humming! Okay? This isn't accounting or wherever the hell you and your little pocket calculator were transferred from. So, yes, it's really stressful, but I've got better about picking up the phone and asking Mm -hmm. for help and talking to colleagues who can help me. And that's also made some good relationships even better. Yeah. If if someone at work knows that you turn to them when you need them, it creates a really great bond. You know, going back to languages, how you said you don't normally know them straight out of your head. Yeah. Do people from other countries contact your work and without knowing that you're English, then speaking French or Spanish oh, or Italian? It happens then... all the time. <laughs> yeah, we talk to everyone around the world really regularly. And yeah, language is actually a huge thing that we overcome. Mm-hmm. However, making the effort normally is appreciated. But embarrassingly, most of our clients and colleagues their English is better than my German, Spanish, yes. whatever the language might be. Yeah. However, I've been working on an Italian project recently. Yeah. Language is really language is really tough. No one in their team spoke great English and my Italian is very, very rudimentary. Please tell me you speak English. Do you speak any English? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> my head of department's Italian, so we brought him in to help us so he could do a bit of translation. Mm-hmm. And he was great because, you know, he could phone them and just have a very quick and easy conversation. But I think the most important thing I tried was we got a lot of documents in Italian. And as opposed to just <laughs> asking them what on earth it meant, I tried And so I'd go back to them with a question, but showing that I'd made the effort. And they really appreciated that. So as the project went on, they tried in English more because they knew I was also, you know, working on it. So yes, they do. And it can lead to some very awkward and slightly comical discussions when you don't quite understand each other. But picking up the phone normally works it out somehow. Has anything changed from COVID-19 where, like, you work from home? Yeah, hugely. So I've worked at a couple of different businesses now where I've run a team. Mm -hmm. And the one that I work at at the moment is the first time that I've ever not been sitting in the same office to people every day. Mm -hmm. And it's really weird. Yeah. (laughs) Particularly when those people are just starting out in their career. Yeah. Because explaining how to do the job is really quite simple. What I do isn't hard. But explaining all like the little things that only 
come to mind when you're sitting yeah. next to each other, you miss out on. Yeah. But then also being at home so I can take Frank for a walk at five o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so we try and line up the days that we are with each other in the office so we can make the most of it. And I try and prioritise doing things that involve sitting, talking, working through problems and then leaving the work spreadsheets and things that you can just mm-hmm. sit and do by yourself for days that we're not next to each other so it just takes a bit more planning yeah but it's so worth it because it really helps both of our lives so yeah. the business isn't necessarily so sure of it uh, and <laughs> I understand why but I think it's our job as a group of team leaders to show our boss that it's completely sustainable and it's a new way of working and it's <laughs> A really good thing. Good. So I think I'm done. So let's pretend you're in your own work. Yeah. I have something to do, let's say, for the science museum. Okay, so, hello, I am from the science museum and I would really like if you helped us move this like new moon rock to one of our rooms because we don't want to break it. We can definitely help you with that. I've actually moved a bit of rock like this before, strangely. Is it currently on display to members of the public and is it going to go to another room that's also on display or is it going to go into your storeroom for some like scientific research well it is it's just been like through scientific research okay and there's a room that we want to move it to show the public and yeah we can do that so because you're a museum that's open to the public it's sort of nine till five We're quite used to this, so we can come to you out of hours in an evening, so all the galleries are empty, and you don't need to have any more health and safety worries. And if you get the plinth and the display case around it ready, so it's nice and secure, if you prep all of that up and you give us instructions about how big it is, and if we need to lift it up, you know, up onto the plinth, how high that is and things like that if you send me all of that then I can work out if we need to bring any equipment with us and how long I think it's going to take us and I can make you an estimate to say how much I think it's going to cost and for a job like this normally we need a bit of notice because it's out of hours we will send you a group of technicians who have done this kind of thing before so they're going to be completely comfortable doing all steps of it Just let us know if you need us. (laughs) Perfect. Bye. Bye, Sarah. Thank you for talking to me. I really do think your job is unusual. And not many people think about moving moving things around like that. But I think I can hear Frank. We better get back to him now. Absolutely. And I think we have some supper waiting for us. So thank you very much, Gwen. It was lovely to talk to you, my dear. Bye.